0: This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, and this one is timely. We are going to talk all about a concept around immune resilience. Now, look, we know that we have had a beating over the last couple of years with this crazy pandemic, but it's been interesting. And I think as I've observed and watched people right now, we've got you know folks everywhere that are getting the Omicron variant, but some people get a cold. And some people are flat out in bed for two weeks. And I think it's what we've seen with every single variant, sort of the variability with which people respond to the virus. So it's all about your immune system. And so to talk more about the immune system, I brought on Romilly Hodges. She's a certified nutrition specialist and she's a practicing clinical nutritionist and director of nutrition programs at an interdisciplinary clinic in Connecticut. During her time in practice, she's honed in on natural interventions to build deep resilience. And we're definitely gonna talk about that term against infectious pathogens and immune dysfunction. She earned her master's degree in human nutrition from the University of Bridgeport she has lived all over the world which is another interesting piece when it comes to immune health and now resides in Connecticut welcome
1: to the show Romilly we're thrilled to have you here oh it's an absolute pleasure to be here thank you so much for having me and I'm delighted to talk about this topic I'm totally passionate about it and I agree very timely Well, you
0: know I it's interesting so when the pandemic first hit in what was it, March of 2020, it was really where most of us in the U.S. realized what was going on. You know, I had this sense of desperation, like this urgency, you know, like, oh my gosh, it doesn't have to be this way. There are all these things we can do, you know, and to the point where I called our governor's office, I called the state department. I'm like, can we do this? Can they're like, No, we can't like, we don't want to entertain anything natural, anything alternative, you know, we're not, you know, we're not going to have that discussion. And, and then watching over the ensuing months, how people just got sicker and people, you know, losing, I don't know. The whole thing was very hard for me to stomach. I think even now I've become a little numb to it. Right. And honestly, tired of talking. I'm like tired of my voice to be hundred percent honest. Like I'm tired of talking about the immune system because I hope people are listening, but it doesn't seem like the greater diaspora wants to listen. So I'm happy to have a new voice in this conversation. So tell me how you became interested or fascinated or concerned. What was sort of your story with this idea around immune resilience?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I totally understand. I mean, I know that you've done a lot of discussions that are relevant to this topic and really trying to get this content out there because you know, to me, it's incredibly important. I I came to this field of nutrition and functional medicine, which is sort of the broader landscape that I'm working in because of immune problems. Um, in fact, my firstborn child had a whole bunch of immune problems and I um, pivoted my career actually mm. around that time because of that from being a business analyst in a think tank in New York City. um, Totally retrained. Uh Um, I did all my board certification, all of the supervised hours. I did all my functional medicine training. Wow. um, Years of that and studying under um, really amazing physicians, um, including Dr. Fitzgerald, who teaches at the um, Institute for Functional Medicine on Immune Uh Health. And just it was this sort of perfect... Um, you know everything coming together to to uh, around this topic of immune health this is how i got into it um, and so yes i had a child who had a whole bunch of immune issues and my research brain um took me down that you know i sort of reapplied all those skills and passion that i had for research into this area um which along with the training kind of led me to where i am so here we are years later and um yeah, it's it's a topic that's as relevant as ever and I, think, know, I so, think people really do want to know yeah, um, you know they what want, they can do for their immune health.
0: They want answers, but I think it's so interesting how so many of us like our children are our teachers and force us into into different paths. I had a, not with the immune system, but more with gut health. I had a similar experience with with my own son and now with my daughter who's now 14, having a similar experience with PCOS. It's just, it's interesting how they lead us in a, in a particular way. All right, what the heck is immune resilience? Explain, I explain putting resilience. those two words together. What, <laughs> what are you trying? What are you trying to get across here?
1: What are we trying to say? Well, really, it ultimately comes down to trying to help our immune system be the best that it can be. And yes, we want to say it's a strong immune system, but I try to be a little bit more nuanced about the term because um, you know sometimes we want our immune system to behave properly. We want it to um, you know fight back against germs that try to make us sick, against COVID, um, but we don't want it to fight too hard inappropriately because then we get things like allergies and autoimmunity and things like that. So um, you know we want our immune system to be system to be um, to be strong but also measured and balanced and i think that that really comes down to this term resilience for me um you know and it just it's a very comprehensive term and i think when we approach our immune system we have to really think about it in this very comprehensive way you know it's often the case that we might think um okay well i'll just take some more vitamin c when it comes right. to winter time but really and i think what what your message is, is trying to get across with all the discussions that you have. And what I want to try and communicate is that our immune system is this really sophisticated um, network of defenses. It has a tremendous job to do. It's got to be able to ramp up and down. It's got to be able to orchestrate this sort of like gigantic panoply of all these different um, cells and coming together. Yeah. Um, you know, it's got to have its immune memory um, and it's got to use inflammation but use it wi- wisely. Inflammation is a big tool of the inf- immune system to fight against germs and then it has to kind of quiet down. So we need it to do the ramp up and all we need it to things. do the quieting down. So all So of we're going to let's
0: let's link all that up together in a in just a second because I think that word people don't put together e- either. They don't think immune system and then think inflammation. They think they're two separate paths, right? But ultimately the immune system is so complicated that it does trigger low grade inflammation but ultimately triggers severe inflammation when it's not getting what it needs and that's the sort of widespread incidence of autoimmune disease and cancers and all these other things that we see you know for so many times so you know one of the biggest misconceptions i think about the immune system you nailed it is oh, i'll take a little vitamin c or vitamin d or zinc and boom i'm done what is the immune system
1: how would you answer that right so i think about it in um in three big buckets. And this is sort of what I talk about in the book, at least to, the, to kind of introduce the, the, the concept that we have this multi-layered system. I mean, like, if you think about how you protect something like your house, for instance, you know, you don't just have a single door lock, you have, you know, you've got a fence, Lots maybe. Of stuff, right you've got like maybe a security light, you maybe have a security alarm, you've got your door keys, you've got, you know, you have this whole different multi-layered system and your immune system works a bit like that too so you have even before you get to an immune cell you've got barriers like your barriers in your lungs or your barriers in your digestive tract and those are incredibly important first line of defense you've got even sort of down to the acidity of your saliva your stomach acid right Um, you know you've got these cells that are lining all of these barriers producing even things called anti anti um Microbial peptides, AMPS, and so. Sort if of those are like a little, you know, uh, antibacterial cream, if you were that, that your body just makes and applies to all of these surfaces that um, reduces pathogens, like it reduces the germs that are trying to make you sick. Um, incidentally, those are very uh, much controlled and even directed by vitamin D. So, like, there's immediately one link that vitamin how- D,
0: vitamin D guys. You're gonna hear vitamin D over and over again. It's just one that you can't go wrong with. Right. I think it probably right. hits all your buckets. So
1: but anyhow, didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, absolutely. Vitamin D has so many different roles beyond just bone health, which we normally know it for. Um, so we have all our barriers and like, we know that gut health is important. I'm sure you talk about gut health a lot. All the time. And, <laughs> right. And so that's like, you know, a huge uh, part of the immune system, 70 to 80% of your immune cells are patrolling your GI tract at any one time. So um, that's a big bucket. And then you've got all of the immune cells. You've got cells called natural killer cells and neutrophils and eosinophils, mast cells. Um, That's sort of like your innate immune system that works against all different kinds of germs without being specific to one. Um, And then you have your adaptive immune system, which is like your T cells and your B cells, and they get really specific to any particular type of germ once they've seen it. And your B cells produce antibodies, which is, you know, something that we would recognize for the um, immune system. Um, And then there's a third bucket, which, you know, I think is maybe surprising to lump into this because it's not part of us necessarily, but I'm talking here about our microbiome and yes. um, like all of the helpful bacteria that reside in our GI tract, or even in our lungs, all over the place in our body really. And they are like our allies in our immune defense. They um, crowd out bad bacteria or bad yeah. germs that are trying to make us sick. They produce their own types of antimicrobial um, substances called bacteriocins, which kill other germs that we don't want to be there. All right, so the three buckets, just so we everyone can
0: remember this. We've got antibodies. So thinking B cell mediated antibodies, and then there's the T cell mediated system. We've got cells natural killers, lymphocytes, macrophages, big fancy words that we all got to study through our education. And then the third bucket is the microbiome. Those are kind of the three pieces you feel like are really critical to solid immune health, right? And then those branch out into other ways that we can control them. And I think one of the biggest, so someone out there listening might be like, yeah, but like, what can I do about it? Right. So I think one of the biggest misconceptions, something that's really bothered me through the pandemic is this sense of like, we have no control over what's happening to us. This is happening to us. We are not a part of it. You know, there are only limited options wear your mask and get a vaccine beyond that. There are no other options, but when you really sit and understand the immune system, even in the context of the three buckets that you've just talked about, we know that there are things that we can do in our daily life to have immune resilience. So I wanna break that down for the audience. And you know, if you had to start thinking through what are the critical components of things that we can do to keep these pieces of the immune system functioning well, where would you start?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a question of all the inputs that we give our body on a daily basis, right? So nutrition is a big one, and I'm a nutritionist, so that's going to be like front and center. Number one, always. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What are we eating? Um, So our immune cells, just like every cell in our body, use what we give them on a daily basis. So they use vitamins, they use minerals. So vitamin D is really, really important for immune cell health, but there's a whole bunch of other ones as well. We have the vitamin. I mean, vitamin A, we have vitamin C, vitamin E, we have zinc, magnesium, selenium. These are all really key immune nutrients um, and they're used all of the time. And when we get sick, our body uses more of them as well. Uh, One really important thing that I think is a good take home is that we we need to optimize those nutrients before we get sick. Once we're sick, it's harder to do so. So Say, take a nutrient like iron, for example. Mm -hmm. Iron is a very important immune immune nutrient. Um, But once we get sick, our body actually takes iron out of circulation. And the reason for this is because um, bacteria can actually use iron to grow, or many bacteria Mm -hmm. can use iron to grow. And Mm so our body knows, To take it out of the blood supply um, and put it into storage form when we get sick. One of the places that it stores that is in immune cells because they use it in the oxidative burst that they, you know, is one of the techniques that immune cells will use to um, attack a germ, for instance. Um, And there's many other examples of that. So like optimizing those um, factors before you get sick is really important. So that's just think, one of Yeah, you know, I think that's so
0: important because so many people think I'll do this when I get sick. This is what to do when I'm sick. But it's more about building that foundation, right? So that when an invader comes, whether it's a virus or a bacteria or mold or whatever it is, your body has what it needs, you know, to take care of it. So I think, you know, that's important. And with food, is that where this two rules of two comes in? Is that where, talk to us about that, because I think that's the rules of two. I love that.
1: So what is that? Yeah. So beyond individual nutrients like vitamins and minerals, you have, um, you know, dietary patterns, you could call it, you know, like what is the context of your entire diet? How are you eating? Because yes, you could be taking your multivitamin but what does your whole diet look like is it working with you or kind of against you in this sort of immune fight um so when we talk about how our diet looks overall this is where i use the two rules of two and that really breaks it down to something very simple so it's two things to limit or avoid and then two things to make sure that you're getting enough of and the limit or avoid things are number one sugars Mm. Number one, public enemy number one,
0: right? Sugar, for Mm -hmm. sure.
1: Added sugars in the diet, basically. Um, So we know from studies that sugar is detrimental to many systems in the body, but definitely to our immune system as well. Um, And we know that it interferes with our microbiome, for instance. So when we eat a lot of sugar, we're going to get more dysbiosis in the gut. So then we lose that important ally that is helping us um, to stay healthier and to um, keep up our immune resilience. And, you know, it's one of those unfortunate situations where we, we know from the data that conditions like pre-diabetes and diabetes do um, lead to worse outcomes with infections. We've seen that with COVID, but we also see it with other kinds of infections as well. Um, so part of what I try to explain Um, is in the book is to kind of give people, you know, if you know that sugar is a weak area for you, for instance, like what can you do about that? If you have pre-diabetes or diabetes, what can you do about that specifically? And try to bring that level of personalization in. So that was number one. Okay. Number two is processed foods, which are often a source of, um, a lot of added sugars, right? But often they have other harmful ingredients like sugar and, um, industrialized fats combined, for instance. So I'm thinking here like French fries, potato chips, fast foods, things like this. Um, And they have this this, uh, combination of sugar plus fat that is is almost even worse than just the sugar alone, for instance. Um, So that really drives up inflammation. And when we have inflammation, we've already mentioned that, but when we have inflammation in the body, the immune system is ramped up, and when it's distracted and ramped up, it doesn't work as well as we want it to against infectious um, germs. Um, And it also starts looking for things to attack that we don't want it to attack, like foods that should be benign, you know, that's like allergies Mm -hmm. or pollens that we don't want it to attack, again, allergies, or, or our own self, like with autoimmunity, we don't want our immune system doing that. So those are two things to avoid avoid what would okay. you and, and when it comes
0: to bringing foods in so we've got sugar inflammatory foods processed foods those are things to avoid they definitely impact our immune system and what's happening when you talk about foods to bring in are these the immune superfoods that that you refer to in your book uh, by the way Guys, her book's coming out immune resilience will be out in the spring and has a lot of this information but it is available for pre-order but uh, are you referring to the two to bring in as superfoods and if so what are the superfoods
1: well no so we're still on the dietary pattern so it's like a group of foods okay um, i do have a really extensive list of superfoods in the book which um you know will take you through like garlic and ginger and all different kinds of foods specifically that um have research behind them for improving immune health and getting you know resilient against microbes Um, but the two food groups to add in are the right kinds of plants and the right kinds of fats so when we're talking about plants we're looking for like those phytonutrients so Mm -hmm. again beyond just vitamins and minerals we have these thousands upon thousands, literally, of phytonutrients that exist in plants that science is gradually, slowly, but surely uncovering, you know, all of the different roles that they can play in our body. Um, And they're extremely important for keeping inflammation balanced. So again, that really, really helps the immune system. And they work at an epigenetic level as well. And I don't know if your listeners have have come across that term epigenetics, but you know, they work um, at the layer that regulates how our genes get expressed um, and help to optimize what our cells are doing um, via that mechanism as yeah. well. And plants also have fiber, and fiber is great for our microbiome. Um, and it also interacts with our immune cells directly. So we know um, there's research even showing that. Fiber can reduce um, the incidence of colds by twenty three percent on one particular study, but oh, that's just wow. kind of an incredible, yeah, you know, outcome just from one single intervention, yeah. which is fiber. Fiber, you know? so right? You wouldn't expect it. <laughs> no. So but when, when you say problem.
0: plants, um, all plants, any plant, anything well, green, kind
1: of whole food, minimally processed, colorful, diverse plant foods.
0: Okay. So we're not
1: looking for, you know, processed flour products or something like that. We're just, we're looking for, you know, vegetables and fruits and herbs and spices and whole grains and legumes and nuts and seeds and things like that.
0: So the whole foods that we talk about for so many different conditions, even for hormone balance for gut health it's all connected it sounds complicated guys but at the end of the day it's all connected these cleaner diets these whole diets really impact every system in your body it's not so much it's just impacting one particular area all right i think we've got time to talk about a couple of immune superfoods uh if you had to pick your top 3 what would they be mm-hmm. yes
1: okay I'm definitely going to say garlic. <laughs> garlic, it's okay,
0: gotcha. So
1: um, yes, well, not only is it is it yummy, um, but garlic is very antimicrobial. So it's great from that perspective. And it has uh, a lot of anti-inflammatory compounds. It's good at regulating blood sugar as well. So there's a, there's a lot of different um, ways it can be helpful. It's also a prebiotic food. So that's helpful for your microbiome because prebiotics are what help us grow those good bacteria in our, in our digestive tract as well. So maybe there's one okay. um, ginger. That's another one that ginger. I really like. Uh, ginger is great. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> also very um, antimicrobial and potently anti-inflammatory as well. Um, so that's a good one. What would I choose for my third? Hmm. I probably would say fermented foods actually, ah, because you're okay. really adding, um, you know, a nice punch of, Probiotics bacteria, yeah. into and bacteria into your gut, and you know we know that I, a diverse um, a, a diverse number of uh, bacterial species in the gut is better for our immune immune resilience. So when we eat fermented foods, we're getting a lot more different species of probiotics than we do when we use a, a probiotic supplement. And gotcha. I love probiotic supplements too. But fermented food gives us you know gives us that greater variety, which I think is um, is very helpful, um, and often in greater amounts than you can get in a single uh, probiotic. What product. are your favorites? What, what are some of your favorite fermented foods? Mm, um, well, I like kefir, mm-hmm. um, which is a fermented yogurt drink. so that mm-hmm. one's that one's really good. That's like a um, that's like yogurt on <laughs> extra right. extra right. boosted. Um, and I also like sauerkraut, um, which is a fermented cabbage. And actually I have a recipe for that in the book Ooh, There's a yum, whole section yeah. on, on recipes as well. Um, that one is, you know, probably an easier than you thought it was going to be kind of recipe to make sauerkraut. Yeah. So, um, I like that one as well.
0: Awesome. Okay. Sauerkraut and then yogurt, right. Regular yogurt too. And then kefir.
1: What about bone broths? Do you like bone broth, especially in the winter? And what do you feel? Bone broth is great. Yes. Yeah. Actually, a few years ago I was involved and in, we decided um, at the clinic that we were going to find out whether, you know, because at the time everybody was talking about, well, there's toxins in bone broth that are right. suspected in bones and right. do they come out? Are they in the, in the bone broth? And we actually did our own study, um, you know, in-house, but a lab agreed to run tests on the bone broth that we produced. And we managed to find out that if you use organic bones, um, then you're not really, you're not getting, um, toxins in your body. So that was a really protein. good, um, that was a good find. And you're getting decent amounts of things like glutamine, um, which is, um, obviously going to be important. Glutamine incidentally is a really important fuel for immune stuff. cells, mm-hmm. especially when you get sick, they actually <sighs> use as much of it as they do glucose when you feel, when you're, um, when you're sick. And you know, bone broth is a traditional in terms of like chicken soup, let's say, or other yeah. kinds of soups that you might make when you're not feeling very well. And I think that's pretty, you know, interesting that it has a lot of glutamine in it and. Right. People who were using that traditionally might not have known that it was the, you know, part of the. Con- wow, of it. that's it's interesting. I didn't know that about. It it, it does glutamate. fit very nicely with what your immune cells are needing at that particular time. So yes, I'm a I'm a fan. Well,
0: glutamine is one of my favorites. It's probably up there with the stragglers for me, but I recommend it probably to everybody. Quite honestly. And before we let you go, like, you know, we try to put all these buckets together, right? We try to choose the right foods, eat the right diet, sleep, stress management, all of these things determine immune resilience. Your hormones play a role into that too. As women, those are all factors that we have to consider. But what if we just go off track? Like the holidays come along, we go on a vacation, we're traveling a little bit too much. How do you get back on track with your immune health?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, this is such an important point, you know, and especially in our fields and in, in this area, you can often get so wrapped up in feeling like you have to be perfect, right? right. Perfect right. All of the time, right. And, um, you know, we know that it's, it's a damaging, it's a, it's a harmful way to be to be so um, strict about it all of the time. There's even a term for it now, orthorexia nervosa, which mm-hmm. is which describes this, um, this problem of, you know, feeling so constrained by having to be perfect with any particular diet or way of eating and something like that. So, you know, I really, um, rec- my, I really strongly recommend like focusing on about 80% of the time doing this like as, as well as you can. Right. And we know really interesting things. So it, things that I've learned, um, along the way from using, uh, continuous glucose monitors, for example, with, uh, with clients is that if you have a background of healthy eating, if you have like your general dietary pattern is really sort of dialed in, you can weather excursions a lot better because of that background, because of that foundation that so you have a have. foundation so if every there, yeah. once in a while, you're having you know, some conference food, or you have to go to, you know, you're going to a birthday celebration, or right. you have a holiday meal that someone's prepared for you, or someone chooses a restaurant that you might not otherwise have chosen, like, you know, your body can weather that a lot better once you have the background in place of, you know, good solid right. diet or something um, that will see you through that. So, you know, Wonderful. I think it's really important to be able to have those deviations and not feel like that is is taking you off track. You just jump straight back on um, without, you know, without guilt. Wonderful. Well, your book is coming out. Tell us about your book. How can they pre-order? What's the best way for folks to get in touch with you? Oh, well, thank you. Um, Yes, I'm really excited. I mean, it's it's available online wherever books are sold. So you can search immune resilience, Romilly Hodges, and you can also find me at romillyhodges.com and immuneresilienceplan.com. That will be the website for the book.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you for taking time out. I appreciate it so much. And talking about immune health and what we need to do moving forward, I hope everyone can take a few pearls of wisdom from here and keep themselves and their family healthy. And remember, it is the foundation that we create that ultimately determines your immune health. And for everyone watching this episode of Superwoman Wellness, thank you. Don't forget to rate and review it and share it with your friends. We'll see you guys next time.